0: On this, on this episode of, of japan, japan 2.0. 2.0 i think this is one of those movies that is probably more popular outside of japan or would be more popular with non-japanese people than it is in japan
1: world of and wonder. arcade centers like no other nostalgia yeah, yeah. every moment everything is See my inspiration and my energy everything i to this point this place let me yeah there's a place that's better my fascination can't go
0: on forever so real like a faded meeting with a friend who knew shape from two, 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 point, 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 point hello and welcome to japan 2.0
1: this is one of your hosts david and this is your other host matt the movie goer matt the movie goer it's- yeah Although we Dude. haven't been going to movies lately, although Whoa. although Evangelion broke all sorts of Japanese records and did it beat um what was the other anime record? Uh, that... uh, no Yaiba, is that what it's called? The, Dem- uh, Demon no. Slayer. Yeah. Demon Slayer. Yeah, yeah. It can't have beaten that, could it? I'm not sure. No, but I know it, oh. I know it had a really strong weekend in its first uh, opening weekend japan well, i'll tell you what it's it, movie evangelion was finding a hard time to come
0: out like yeah. it had been delayed multiple times and pandemic and i guess it came out at the right time because we just went into our third state of emergency so uh i don't know actually actually maybe that's a bad time and that maybe the movies still be kind of hot you know and that now people can't see it because it's the first time we've had two state of emergencies and you could always go see movies yeah or the, now they've shut down movie theaters for the first time so yeah, I don't know how that affected the movie, but I've I've not seen it. And I'm a pretty big fan. Uh, you and I saw the third Evangelion in Korean at the Korean theaters when it came out in Korea.
1: It was a, that? was it the first or second of the those movies? Is this the, the third? third one? No, no, the one out right now is the fourth one. Okay. It's called so we 3 plus one. 1. 3 okay, plus yeah.
0: 1 in Evangelion. You can't just have a standard court uh, no, movie. No, it's
1: like a Square Enix title to like a Final yeah. Fantasy oh, game. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
0: you and I uh, saw the third 3.33 um, uh-huh. in, in Korean.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I remember so, liking it.
0: This is cool. That, that was my first time going to a movie theater, watching a movie without any subtitles in like a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I, I know you've done more often but that was my first and only time and th- i was gonna go do it for this uh for the second time in, in japanese it was, it's kind of interesting like uh movies that don't come out that often you know like almost 10 years in between a movie i think seven or eight years right to be in different countries and stuff it's,
1: it's kind of interesting <laughs>
0: yeah well, I saw speak- the first two in America, you know, third one in Korean, and the fourth one in Japanese.
1: Yeah, you always miss out on stuff like details when you when you go in. But I feel oh. like I feel like you get a lot of context just based on like the storytelling and the animation and yeah. and, uh, the, the p- drama, drama well, and the drama, drama, and the voice actors. And some movies, like
0: even that. in your native language, uh, you need to watch multiple times, like Evangelion. It's so too true. Yeah. But speaking of movies.
1: Speaking of Evangelion, how's that for a today, segue? <laughs>
0: Speaking of movies, we're here today to talk about a awesome movie. As I was rewatching it for the show, I think it might be my favorite modern Japanese movie. Mm-hmm. I, would, I would qualify modern in like the last twenty years. Yeah, I I really love the movie. Uh, it's it's such a good movie. Like I I think everyone would like it. I was trying to think like about my friends. You know, have diverse tastes, and I was like. Actually, any of them i think they really love this movie
1: no i think it's a really great movie and um when my wife was watching we were, we watched it together and she said well what is this about is it a drama is it horror what is it and i said well it's like a drama but yeah i would say just a just a drama with some mysterious elements you know a bit of a mystery i, I would have um, called it before i rewatched it a slice of life movie yeah which i think
0: like Japan i think it does, i think it, does does it is really well. yeah but the back half of the movie which is the most important like it's very crucial to the, the plot I kind of like forgot about a lot of it and it's it definitely ascends from just laid back slice of life movie to yeah I mean there's there's some kind of scary is not the right word but uh, suspenseful uh, parts it's dramatic and right sa- sad sad parts like uh, yeah yeah cheered up at a moment or two and I, I didn't remember those things happening so it's all over the place but it definitely starts off as slice of life really slow pace, just kind of, you know, what I used to love before I lived here, especially was like movies that make you feel like you're living in Japan. Like you're just a fly on the wall for people eating a bowl of ramen, you know, or like hanging out in their apartment. Um, you know, just having a chat before bed on the futon. Like I used to just want to live here and I couldn't, Mm -hmm. and I loved all those small details. The movie starts that way, but there's so many slice of life movies where not much really happens uh, in Japan where this is like, there's so much going on to this movie. It's my fourth time seeing it. And I'd forgotten a lot. And I feel, I felt like after I finished, I wanted to go watch it like straight again. If I had the time <laughs> and energy. Yeah. Cause there's certain things that I still like, wasn't a hundred percent sure on or, uh, it's one of those movies where they retell the story, but with added layers and you get to see more and more. Yeah. Um, kind of like an inception but not quite yeah. as intense as that no
1: no and, it it, report, and, it does um i think get better after subsequent viewings like i think that it, at watching it once it, it kind of does it a disservice because um once you learn like what's going on then yeah. it kind of adds a lot of context and the first like half the of the si- movie is the the a Sixth lot Sense more would be another yeah.
0: good example right when you learn the you know, the guffin and the sixth sense, Yeah, that Bruce Willis is dead. Or when you go back, you can see all these trails of, Oh, when he's talking, you know, this is what maybe he wasn't there, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's one of those movies where there's a twist kind of to it. And when you figure it out, you can go back and watch it with a different eye.
1: Right. Uh, um, I think another thing that you brought up was like, it really resonated. It resonated with me as well was, which was that it's an emotional movie. Like it really did strike me this time. Like there, some of the moments Japanese movies have a tendency to sometimes be a little overly dramatic mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say that this necessarily, um, uh, you know, always does the drama in like a subtle way, but I feel like it's pretty good. Like compared to some other movies that I've seen in the past, like, I think I, yeah. it's pretty, pretty subtle in comparison to, um, you know, the dramatic acting that you get a lot in a lot of movies.
0: I feel like this is one of those movies. We haven't said the name, by the way. It's Foreign (laughs) Duck, Native Duck, and God in the Coin Locker. Is that the full title? It's the name of the
1: title of the episode. You know, people know what they're getting into. Yeah, I I just feel
0: like you got to say it.
1: No, you got to. Um,
0: I think this is one of those movies that is probably more popular outside of Japan or would be more popular with non-Japanese people than it is in Japan. Mm. Uh, And I, I think, yeah, you hit it on the head that sometimes Japanese comedy can be really slapstick and over the top and the comedy in here is not that way at all it's pretty like subtle and, and like smart it, it kind of reminds me of a Wes Anderson movie um not if Wes Anderson were to do a different style of movie but it's i guess it's a movie based on dialogue or like the the style of the the characters are cool yeah, a really uh, rough, like a rough Wes Anderson movie. That's like, a good comparison.
1: Quiet. It's a good comparison, I think. I, I, I think the drama is very Wes Anderson ish. I think mm-hmm. the the stylistically, it's not. You know, yeah. Wes Anderson has a very stylistic um, approach it's not to his style. directing, right? But the, the story, the story. Uh, but I will say that there are a lot of similarities to Bottle Rocket yes robbing a book which is right? yeah which is uh the first uh oh. wes anderson movie and i could see some parallels there i know Ba bottle rocket i think precedes this so bottle
0: rocket's yeah. the only the B- bottle rocket came out in like 97 98 and then this came out in 2007
1: oh yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah so ten, 10 years apart no bottle rockets you're right because he didn't have it you know wes anderson didn't have the visual style as much back then mm-hmm. so i think that's that's a great comparison um maybe you can shout out as we're going through the episode, some other moments besides the bookstore. Cause the bookstore is the only one I was really thinking of just robbing a bookstore. is hilarious, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Why not would like you, there's a lot of money in, a, in a bookstore.
1: I want to do that. <laughs> yeah.
0: But I mean, this, this movie will explain one reason why, but, um, yeah, I just think it's such a interesting movie and it has a lot to say about being a foreigner as well. Mm. Like, uh, Western ideals, you know, within Japan and, it doesn't it very subtle way, you know, the messages of this movie aren't very overt.
1: Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting watching this movie now seeing it as how, um, you know, after the black lives matter movement and stuff, you know, some, some Japanese people did get together and do some protests and, um, mm-hmm. you know, and the nationalists came out, which are the opposite, right. The people that are opposed to like foreigners in the country. And they, they kind of try to rile up people as well. And, um, so, it's kind of interesting seeing the perspective where um yeah, this it approaches the idea of being a foreigner in Japan and in an interesting way that you wouldn't quite yeah, yeah you wouldn't quite expect, but um, but yeah, I think it says something about being in a place with the where you're uncomfortable, you know, I don't think it's a surprise mm-hmm. that the main character is in a neighborhood that he doesn't really know either, you know, I mean, not only is he the native duck but he's also the foreign duck yeah which, which once we get into the plot yeah it'll make a lot of sense
0: explain the title it's a, yeah, a meaningful title um yeah and I uh, think kind of before we get into it there's not really much known on, on this movie at least in english no, um no. sometimes i'll like you know look out what other people are saying out, out there and try to think about should we cover this or not like are there a bunch of youtubers talking about this movie or podcasts? and if so then maybe we don't need to cover it and uh yeah this definitely got the green light the japan 2.0 green light because there is not one person on youtube talking about this movie which is rare uh these days i couldn't find any podcasts about it even the wikipedia page is pretty sparse we looked up the director and uh, i mean he's done other stuff but you know at the time this came out I was super into the Japanese movies. Uh, the two thousands were kind of like my, my peak and I'm not familiar with any of his other work besides, uh, one called fish story, which we might do, um, in the future.
1: Yeah. I think we definitely should do it because I mean, we did, I think we both really enjoy this movie. And so I, I would be really interested in see whether what, what he did out right after this. Right.
0: It features the same protagonist, uh, same a- actor, um, uh, Who I've seen around. So, yeah, I've only ever seen the main character of this movie. Uh, I've definitely seen him. He's a pretty non-traditional actor, so he's really easy to recognize. His his name is Shina in the film. Yeah. And the actor's name is Gaku Hamada. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's very...
1: He reminds me of young Jackie Chan. Did you get that feel at all? Just in his look? Okay, yeah, I could see that. I I was thinking... early 20s. I was thinking the guy from uh, Akira... Um, Tetsuo, Tetsuo, yeah. Uh, is it is Tetsuo, it... the guy that turns into the big monster?
0: Yeah, because yeah. he has a big, big forehead. Yeah, like, he's um, got a huge forehead, hairl- yeah. receding hairline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the other main actor, uh, Eita Nak- Nakayama. Uh, I see him all around all the time. At that time in the 2000s, he was kind of like a real it actor, maybe like a Heath Ledger kind of type. You know, really, I think a good-looking, stylish guy. Uh, and he plays, uh, Kawasaki, kind of, kind of yes. Kawasaki, uh, After, not son, though. yeah, not first Kawasaki. Yeah. And I've seen him and I watched this like TV drama back when I was in like undergrad about, uh, all these like Inaka kids who move to Tokyo and they like form a band, like a rock band together. They like, meet each other. Like on the, it was called Mixi, like a social media website, like a MySpace at the time and they were like oh like you know trying to make it in big city and uh it's so horrible and cheesy but <laughs> i was just so into japan at the time that i really enjoyed it anyway he was in that and that too um but yeah yeah those two actors are great and everything i've seen them in
1: yeah should we go through let's go through all the actors right now we got megumi seki who plays kotomi and uh she's the yeah. main female protagonist. Yeah, I imagine she's been in a lot of Japanese films as well. I don't really recognize her from anything, but uh yeah, she seemed pretty good. Uh I liked her character in the in the film. She plays like a very uh I would say a very strong nice, female Yeah, strong female character. Yeah. Oh, for Japan, definitely strong female. Yeah, we got uh K Takamura and he plays a Do- Dorje, well, a, a Dor- Burmese, D- but Dorje is not. Yeah, he's a Burmese guy. Yeah, but uh, a Bhutan, but- from Bhutan, but- 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 Bhutanese? Bhutanese. Yeah, oh, sorry if we're butching that. If you're from uh, a, a Bhutanese background, you the know. Same- I, yeah, we apologize. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's him, and then the only the other I think main character we got here is. Uh, um. Oh, what was her name? Is it Reiko? Reiko, yes, Reiko, and that's Nene Otsuka. Yeah, Nene.
0: That's yeah,
1: good. and she was another like interesting character. I thought, another, uh, which yeah, we'll get, in, we'll Fino. get into it. Yeah, yeah.
0: So anyway, yeah, we're gonna jump in. So if we piqued your interest at all, I guess uh, any kind of final sell. I don't know. It's a very artsy movie. Uh, it's it's deep. It has requires many viewings. Really cool acting. Uh, not a great soundtrack, but the the one or two songs it does feature they play often and are very important. Mm-hmm. It's probably gonna be our song of the show. Oh, it has to be.
1: Which yeah, no maybe choice. our first
0: like non-Japanese, really related song we've ever done. We can't play it's the Bob- whole
1: thing, and the- we can't play the beginning few minutes, and we're gonna we'll get, get, get like a cease and desist. Then, but yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: it's Bob. It's Bob Dylan. <laughs> yes, Bob Dylan is a very important part of the movie. And uh, do you know the song? Is it "Blown in the Wind"? Is that what it's called?
1: Yeah, I believe so.
0: I think it's called Blowing in the Wind or something like that. But, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's a good transition. So, um, yeah, if you want to go watch the movie and don't have it spoiled for you, go watch it now and come back at this moment. And we're going to kind of go through and break down the plot from front to back.
1: So, we'll see you in a bit. All right. So, Bob Dylan. Yes. Bob Dylan's featured pretty early on in the movie, right? Right. Like I mean, he's like kind of the glue that ties everything together. I mean, it's the connection between all the characters in the the film, and uh, yeah, and it's it's a bit of a stretch that everybody would have this, but you know, as a as a movie, like that could be like fate intervening, you know, and, and putting these people together. But um, it's very uh, fortunate that everybody in the, in this film knows this song, right? Yeah, and it's kind of connected I mean- through it.
0: And bob dylan is god in this movie that's the god in the title mm-hmm. so you find that out pretty pretty shortly in
1: yeah so our, our main character shira is moving to um uh university uh, yeah and sendai it starts out with him moving to sendai on the shinkansen and he's singing uh um blown in the wind by bob dylan and Uh, he gets, he gets into town and he's unpacking and he's, he's a university student. And so he's moving to his like apartment as he begins his university.
0: Yeah. And I think like, that's such a powerful time in people's lives is like moving to university. I I think just that, uh, kind of framing of the overall story is, you know, a kid moving, leaving his parents, going to university. This for me personally is like an automatic, like connect that, uh, that was one of the best times of my life. And I've really found strong memories of it, you know? Mm -hmm. And as we see, you know, there's some, some issues kind of with the the family, which to me were also relatable uh, when we get into it a bit more. But yeah, I just, you know, as I watch this movie, just straight away, I'm like,
1: Oh, this is, this is cool already. He's on the Shinkansen. he's going to university. Like good start. Yep. And uh, immediately he makes a friend with uh, his neighbor uh, Kawasaki. Oh, at first he sees this guy Dorgia uh, Dor- or Dorgia, yeah. and yeah, his neighbor, his neighbor, and uh, he's going around trying to introduce himself to all the neighbors. And then he meets Kawasaki, who hears him singing this Bob Dylan song. Yeah, and uh, immediately Kawasaki wants him to come into the house. And I was really laughing at this scene because um in order to not come inside <laughs> uh shira was like staying as far back from and he's obviously very uh suspect of kawasaki because kawasaki mm-hmm. offers him like sake and stuff and he's like nah i don't really want to go into your house i'm not taking off my shoes <laughs> you yes. know in his apartment yeah. and kawasaki right. puts the sake glass just a little further than than he Sweet. could reach yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It, that was a funny scene
0: I think like that kind of sets up, you know, the two protagonists as like, uh, like in Shakespeare we call it like foil characters, right? Right. Like just complete, complete
1: opposites, but they kind of uh, show the whole spectrum of a human, yeah,
0: character, you
1: know. Yeah, She-Ra's, like a a real doughy kind of like normal guy, right? You're you're every day probably a little shy, you know, but like yeah. kind of like an everyday i think the average japanese Japanese guy guy. could
0: could really relate to to shina yeah Yeah. the main character and kawasaki
1: uh, is like a cool guy you know like he's got like a nice nice jacket he's got like a nice haircut he's got a a mustache or like a goatee you know which is very uncommon on young people you know and unless you're you know kind of stylish yeah He's,
0: yeah, he's very cool. And I remember when I first saw this movie, I thought, oh man, like that's Japanese guys are so cool and stylish. And yeah, yeah, I just, I thought he was really awesome.
1: Uh, Definitely a a product of the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I I think, I think his look too also kind of talks to like a, um, like he's kind of a troublemaker. You know, a lot of troublemakers kind of have the, the beards and stuff, you know, it's kind of a stereotype. I think Mm. it's uh, less so now, but you know, back time, in the perhaps. at the time, you know, beards were kind of unfashionable or unless you were really fashionable or cool.
0: Yeah. Now I wonder like his jacket, I was very interested in this is, It's like a tat. It's a very strange. Like it's like falling apart, mm-hmm. uh, it's like a motorcycle jacket, but it's like made of like a cotton, you know? Yeah. And, um, I wonder if they chose something really strong cause it's kind of important that he's, he's wearing this jacket. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I wonder if it's just coincidence that it's just a cool jacket that you're going to notice or if they chose something really kind of striking that would grab your attention so that, you know,
1: when a plot point later happens that you would realize it, you know? Yeah, I mean, they definitely dress Kawasaki in a certain type of way. Like, I mean, yeah. he has a look, you know? Right. And that, yeah. that well, look is very, very uh, striking, yeah. Yeah, we learn later he's a womanizer. So, I mean,
0: maybe that's just that stereotype or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yeah, they both like Bob Dylan, right? Yeah.
1: That's so where... That's like,
0: he heard him singing it, so he, that's why, where the attraction is.
1: Yeah, and Kawasaki almost immediately like uh, asked Shira to, to help him with the robbery.
0: <laughs> right. So he mentions it, a yeah, neighbor's I-
1: neighbor yeah oh yeah yeah the, that's uh, an important point right? yeah the bhutan uh, what is it uh is it burmese bhutanese.
0: it's bhutanese not burmese so he, he goes uh basically he's like hey do you know the neighbor the, your neighbor's neighbor and mm-hmm. there's a lot of points in this movie that are like uh very dependent upon language and i really wonder what the translation's like you know um but yeah he asks about the neighbor's neighbors you know he's he's a foreigner have you seen him and then, uh, Sheena's thinking like, oh, it's the guy that he ran into him kind of quickly earlier. He's kind of like replaying in his mind and he's like, yeah, he's, you know, he doesn't speak Japanese well. So we, we have to go get him like a, a dictionary at the bookstore.
1: Oh, this is Kawasaki's plot. Yeah, Kawasaki's
0: eh? saying it to Sheena
1: and it's a particular
0: dictionary. Do you remember the name of it? It had a strange name.
1: Yes. It is the Kanji book for Kanji garden kanji garden okay yeah so like yeah we gotta like go to the
0: bookstore and, and go get it for him like to help help this guy out and he's trying to learn japanese um and there's another reason why they ha- i mean we learn later like a big big reason but isn't there like another is that all we know for why they need to go rob and get this book
1: uh, he's, he asks him why do you need to rob it you know or why Why don't you just buy it i'll, I'll lend you the money and on their way to like the bookstore to stake it out um he's uh kawasaki says no i gotta i gotta steal this book and i don't know if he gives a particular reason
0: oh it's um all right so then we see some flashbacks and we start to see kawasaki talk about um the girl kotomi a bit we get introduced Uh to kotomi and these flashbacks and she had just dumped kawasaki um and kawasaki i don't know Is kind of trying to get back with her kind of passively and she's like, you know, you're not passionate. You wouldn't save a dog like the, the foreigner, the Bhutanese guy. Yeah. Cause there's a scene there, where they show him, yeah. uh, running across the street, risking his life to save animal. And he basically talks about reincarnation, the Bhutanese neighbor. And, um, uh, says like look and where i come from you know which would be a big theme with him he's always representing he's like a diplomat for his country where i come from you know animals lives are very important so it was no big deal to risk my life and jump in front of this car and so um katomi says to kawasaki yeah if you were like half the man he was you would risk your life to save an animal or you'd like steal a dictionary (laughs) you know because he's trying to like learn do anything he can to learn you know you steal a dictionary so i i think he's doing it to kind of prove that he can be passionate
1: you know yeah you could tell there's a bit of a love love triangle going on you know yeah. between the three characters and um so and- just,
0: just to reiterate yeah the the Bhutanese guy kawasaki and uh the girl katomi yes love triangle yeah
1: yeah shira's not in involved in that yet he's just hearing this story yeah. you know in the car so um then they go to the bookstore and a Kawasaki hands him some um, some plastic guns, some model guns, and he says, uh, "Why don't you go to the back, Shira, and kick on the door? You have to kick yes. it on the door in a half hour."
0: So Shira, uh, Sheena is like not into it. You know? Is it like Shira he's... or Sheena? Sheena. Sheena. Okay. Yeah. He's not into it. You know, he's he's like we said, he's like your average guy, totally nervous. But yeah, you're kind of learning he can be pushed around a bit. You know, early on. So he's just like, all right, whatever. I'm going to listen to this cool neighbor friend, you know? Yeah. And maybe it speaks to like being in a new place, new environment, just trying to make a friend, you know, like you you don't know anyone. So maybe that's why. But yeah, so he doesn't want to do it. And he says, you have to sing your favorite song, Bob Dylan, blowing in the wind 10 times, right?
1: Yeah. And that'll be 30 minutes. You kick you kick the door. Yeah.
0: It'll be over. Kick the door.
1: Yeah and so um he does, he does that, but while he does, he looks around the corner and he notices a white car in the parking lot and when he turns around that, that white car's and he looks back and the white car's gone, goes back around to kick the door, kicks the door when he's supposed to holds up the m- model gun to the window so you see the silhouette of the model gun and then um and then when he comes back, Kawasaki's coming out of the the um or he's already in the car and he's got the book. Mm. Although he didn't get the correct book.
0: He didn't. So then uh, Sheena looks back and sees us not Kanji garden. It's like Kanji Kanji forest, I think forest or something like that. Yeah. 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 And he's like, but he doesn't seem bothered by it. And we don't really get at the point. Like why, why didn't he care? He had to get this dictionary. He gets the wrong
1: one, but doesn't really seem to care. Right. Right. And so uh, then uh, what happens? Sheena goes to school. He, yes. he's, he's attending college. He's buying his books. You uh, kind of get to see, you know, what
0: a little cultural is interesting. Like, you know, what Japanese university life is like. And it seems like his, uh, uh, like, what would you call him? His classmates, his cohort
1: are a bit lame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they, like, I mean, they seem like the most like him. You know, like, I mean, the, the couple of guys that he does talk to are kind of, kind of similar to him. You know, they they seem just like, you know, average dudes, but not nothing special. Right. Right. I mean, Sheena doesn't really have a strong personality.
0: He's definitely kind of like a blank slate that you can put yourself onto. Or like these guys, one guy talks about like racing cars a lot. Yeah. He's like, b- born to drive. Yeah. And later in the movie, you find out he doesn't have a car or driver's license to rent a car. <laughs> So how's he born in the drive? Um, yeah. So there's like a bit, I don't know. It, I think it's, it's funny.
1: It's kind of making like his actual college not so interesting. Right. Whereas the life outside of college is a yeah. lot more, a lot more fascinating. And, and uh, yeah, everything's just seems kind of mundane, you know, when it That's comes right. to the, the university stuff, but it is a cool peek into like what it looks like and the clubs and all that stuff that's right so Kawasaki told them hey look in this town you're
0: probably gonna meet this lady named Reiko who owns a pet shop he's like if you see her she's you know easy on the eyes but she's dangerous stay away from her right and then while he's like leaving his normal university stuff he he runs into her for the first time and I think I don't know how he figures out it's her I think she just matches the description Mm -hmm. and he just says like hey are, are you Reiko by the way and she's like yeah how do you know that and then she's like the, Kawas- you know, the Kawasaki. You, do you know Kawasaki? And he's like, uh, maybe. I, I, I think he says like, no, right, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. She she knows. She, yeah, and yeah. she mentions. She says a couple of things that are interesting. One well, key point is like, is he sick, right? Mm-hmm. Or do you know about do you know about Kawasaki's disease, which again is really interesting play on words and i don't know exactly how important it is In the character's name is kawasaki Mm -hmm. but there is a famous disease called kawasaki's disease Mm -hmm. right so when she first said that i I was like i don't know what does that mean like is he just sick or does he have actual kawasaki's disease
1: yeah you know well Um, i think it's supposed to be it's not supposed to give too much away immediately right so i mean right, they're right. they're giving you like little breadcrumbs here and there and yep. uh I, I yeah she's just an interesting character to begin with because she's very monotone she's very yeah. serious she tells him one of the first things she tells him is like uh i might sound angry but i'm not that's angry just, i'd let you know talk. i'd let you know if i was angry right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so i it's she's kind of like, I wonder if they're trying to say, like, she's kind of on the spectrum or something, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not showing emotion, but she does think deeply about things, right? Like, she cares deeply about some of these people, but she can't She can't show it, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of, I thought, was kind of interesting. It is
0: interesting, yeah. So, she's, like, another, uh, she, basically, she employs um, Kotomi. Mm-hmm. So she knows a little bit about Katomi's life. So it's used in like a storytelling perspective of like you have all these other people telling other people's stories, mm-hmm. but no one's really telling their own story in the in the early parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. So then she starts to say things about like this animal um animal abuse that's been going on in the town. Right?
1: Yeah. And the main the the animal the pet mamers. Yeah. They were in yeah. the newspaper, right? That, that's right.
0: And um Katomi is kind of like involved with them. Uh, she just sees like them abusing animals and she's out with the, um, the Bhutanese guy and Dorje. And he does this move where he like throws a rock, some like traditional sport from his country to like
1: save the dogs, right? Yes. Yeah. And then, um, you kind of see that like those two are becoming like an item, like, uh, um, Kotomi and Kotomi Durgy. and, and yeah. Dorji. Yeah, and they they go out to a park and they're they're working on English and uh their Japanese together.
0: Yeah. So this part's kind of interesting just being a foreigner, you know. Like um the Bhutanese guy not I guess it's assumed that that's not the native language of the country and it's just like their their lingua franca, right? Their shared language. Mhm. But like his English is really bad yeah, <laughs> for, for like an English speaker. So it's, it's kind of weird that everyone's like, Oh, you speak English, you speak English. But I don't know. It's, I feel like they could have got an actor who spoke English a little bit better.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was made in Japan I and mean, his English is passable. I mean, anybody who's seen like an anime where they, they have a a guy, a westerner show up and they start speaking in English and you're like, what in the world? There's a really popular episode of, uh, samurai champloo where they're playing a game of baseball and all the baseball players are like from from other parts of the world and the accents and the things that they say are just so so (laughs) ridiculous you know i don't know if it's the subtitles but like uh oftentimes what they're saying
0: in english doesn't Mm -hmm. actually match the with the the subtitles subtitles, yeah yeah so that made me wonder like yeah um, any, anyhow, I just thought that was one kind of interesting. Well,
1: I'm interesting sure it's better point. written in in the Japanese, you know, even the subtitles, like in the script, you know. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. No, it is interesting that he speaks English, she speaks Japanese to him, and they both kind of understand each other. But you could tell that like, his Japanese isn't so great. Right. So and that desu-ne. acting, I
0: think, is interesting too. <laughs> don't you feel that's one of the parts I feel like is a little over the top and somewhat of a typical Japanese way of his Japanese is so bad. Like day one, like brand new where at that point his Japanese would be better. You know, now like, it's like the stereotype of how people say things wrong. You know,
1: now I would, I would say, you know what, this could be like a little cheesy. And, and in this movie where I think that most of the acting is actually pretty good. Um, I feel that it's a little forgivable because it's in a flashback. So when you put that kind of stuff in a flashback, you're hearing from a narrator who might be embellishing or, or you know, Unreliable making things... Unreliable narrator. Yeah, exactly. So it, it could be that, um, that it's supposed to be a little cheesy. And also, you know, the re- revelation at the end might have something to do yeah. with that too.
0: Yeah. Anyway, I, those are parts that. If it, yeah, like you said, the movie wasn't so good. I think we'd ignore me a little <laughs> bit more. But um, anyway, so then um, I'm trying to think. It, it, so we get a lot of this backstory,
1: right? Of like this triangle that we mentioned. Yeah, because Shino and goes it, back to talk with Kawasaki about it, right? And then Kawasaki tells him a little more detail. Yes, he about does. He's, like, oh, he's like, oh, so you met the bookshop? Owner. Like he knows, kind of, right? Yeah, right? and he you talks- can like,
0: feel this connection of like Reiko consents Kawasaki's presence, and she china and kawasaki can presents her like yeah it's almost like they're still communicating through the, the main character even though they're not there together
1: yeah it's kind of you, feeling i got you could tell that like between kawasaki and um oh what's the woman's name i can't never get remember her name it's uh Kotomi. Kotomi. yeah Kotomi. uh the I, I think they still have such strong feelings for each other in these mm. flashbacks and you could really see that like they care for each other even though they've broken up like you know it's one of those things it was a breakup that but there's something still there you know yeah between them
0: so i think one of the just important thing to mention before we kind of jump ahead is like you start to really see Katomi and Toraji's relationship take off and like she's doing the language thing but the part we didn't have a remission is like Kawasaki is kind of like, uh, kind of like taking a liking to Dorji too, right?
1: Yeah. I think he, at first he thinks it's his way in to get back with Kotomi. Yeah. That's probably true. So, uh, he, they meet at a park or a zoo or something and, and they, um, take a photo together, which is like a kind of a classic photo that's shown a few times in the film. And, uh, yeah, and then that's where Kawasaki says he'll become the teacher, Doji's mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. And he'll teach him Japanese. And then uh, Kotomi says, No, you'll just teach him how to be a womanizer. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Doroji goes, Yeah, I like women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Alright. So
0: we gotta kinda of jump to the revolution. What do we what do we need to know before we get to like the kind of big
1: reveal? Well oh man, it's I just watched it last night but there's a lot of flashbacks so it's kind of hard to yeah. put uh, put together. Right. So there's uh there's a scene where Shinra, is uh, she Is it Shina? Shina, yeah. Shina goes to um follow Kawasaki. And then okay, Kawasaki, yeah. He's Kawasaki with
0: He's with Reiko in the car.
1: Well, at first he tries to follow him and he can't follow him very far and then he t- asks Reiko to drive him and they follow right. Kawasaki and Kawasaki's going somewhere and um they finally are able to follow him and they and when they do he goes uh Kawasaki drives off into this like I guess kind of the boonies somewhere like outside of the in the countryside and when he comes back and they they discuss I think some of the backstory at the pet shop where they find out like Kawasaki um uh, what you really messed Dorija, up. Georgia yeah Dorija. well Georgia uh recorded Kawasaki saying going into a doctor's office and finding out that he has he's probably HIV positive.
0: Yes, this probably uh, is
1: so um, he, had little, he, he had this little this little recorder that he was using to say Japanese phrases and then repeat them back just to see mm-hmm. if he can. Um, I feel like, yeah, out of, out of all the things in the movie that this part was like, like, why would he? Dorija didn't seem like the kind of guy that would play a prank and and put a recording into like bug his um, yeah. jacket while he right. went into the doctor's office and he seemed really serious about it. Like that was a really weird thing, but it was it's to move the plot ahead, of course. Yeah. And so, yeah, you find out that, yeah, I guess Kawasaki's womanizing caught up to him. Yeah, yeah. And that yeah. he's possibly HIV positive, and yeah. then so that's
0: the sickness they were referring to earlier.
1: Yeah, and um, and then you get a bit of the a little more of the um, animal maimers, the right. pet shop maimers. And you see that, um, was it the part where Kawasaki goes after them with the baseball bat?
0: Yeah.
1: Or does that not show up until later? I can't remember.
0: Oh, I think that's it. Yeah.
1: And it's real over-the-top
0: anime style, like just looking cool, but not actually
1: doing much. Yeah, Yeah. he he protects Kotomi. So so after Dorijima, Dorija protects Kotomi that one time. Uh, they realize that like these people are following Kotomi. They got her like her bus pass. And so now they know where she lives and they've been calling her and stuff.
0: So she really threatens them, you know, which again is kind of rare in Japan, like really standing up to other people saying like, I'll call the cops on you, you know? Yeah. But yeah, as Matt says, uh, she drops her bus pass, which has her address and phone number and stuff. And they call and they threaten her and they say, um, but yeah, they they call her a bimbo (laughs) and, uh, she again like stands up and she can tell in the background that they're at a bowling alley uh-huh. you can hear and i like get small town so there's like only one bowling alley right so she says to you know kawasaki like i want to go you know i want to go turn them in turn them into the police
1: yeah yeah and uh i think so at they, first they they grab her and then i think kawasaki saves her then i think that's right before the bowling alley and yeah, I, yeah 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 I, i'm I'm not sure exactly when in the timeline that happens but uh yeah, yeah so I, bowling alley is the next big point right well after the bowling alley we we learn something else so i wonder if the bowling alley comes a little later in the story because we do get to see the guy tied up to the tree so they find out after uh reiko and and sheena talk about you know some of the backstory they go and they find uh what Uh, kawasaki was doing in the boonies Mm -hmm. and he had tied up a person to the tree because there's this uh bhutanese tradition of when you die um you have the birds eat you i guess and and take you to heaven right and they believe in reincarnation so it's a way to do just do burial but um Uh, but Kotomi said at one point to Kawasaki, like if, uh, somebody should have those, the terrible people be taken by the birds. And, Mm -hmm. and so we, we see a tree that's covered in birds. And as you get closer, you see there's somebody tied up and they have like a knife through their foot. Yes. Yeah. And, um, it's one of the guys that was like the pet manglers. Mm -hmm. So we realize that Kawasaki has like a real reason to not like this guy. Yep. Is it the pet mangling? Um, I don't know. We find find out soon enough.
0: Yeah. So go to the bowling alley now? I believe so. Yeah. So they go show up at the bowling alley They confront these guys and they go on and do a little recon and see, uh, they look at all the shady people (laughs) and then they find the right ones. are back in the game center playing. Uh, Like, hang on. You know, yeah, cost, super hang on. <laughs> the guy's pushing the girl back and forth on it. And uh, they notice that there's an exit sign very close to them. So they go, tell the police. The police seem to take interest that, uh, that you know, there's a foreigner there. And that's, again, one of the little moments of this movie where it's like, well, why does it matter if they're foreigner or Japanese? And they're like, oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't. And um, so... That takes them inside. Is real concerned. Like, now you got to be careful. you got to look at these people. They're going to run to the back exit. But the cops just don't listen. Again, oh, I get some, some they're social re- commentary on yeah. police in Japan as well.
1: Oh, they were being real racist to him too. You know, yeah. they were just uh, saying, oh, you're a foreigner. You, should, you shouldn't speak Japanese. You should speak English. And earlier in the movie, we saw somebody, say, uh, you know, one on of the bus, bus drivers say... Yeah. Say, oh, you shouldn't speak your your language. Speak English, or don't speak uh, other languages. Speak Japanese. You know, right. this is Japan. Speak Japanese. Yeah. So yeah, there's some authority. Oh, like, seems like the authority figures in the film are, are pretty, pretty, uh, not so friendly Criticized. to foreigners. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. So anyway, just as uh, he's worried about the cops, do everything he says, uh, you know, not to do, and the people start running out the back. They chase them. And uh they go outside and see Katomi's there like standing in the parking lot, their arms spread. Uh she's in front her. of their yeah, in front of their car. And they go into a car, yeah. And uh it's like a you know, very slow pause scene, yeah, is she gonna move or not? Yeah. She doesn't <laughs> and uh they, they hit her. They yeah, and... fly off and hit her. And uh yeah, she, she rolls over the car and she's like laying there on the ground and her uh you know, some of her last moments and she and we see that as they pull off and you think they're getting away, as soon as they get to the main road, they get smashed by, like, a semi-truck. Yes. So,
1: and yeah. uh, as as she's closing her eyes, she sees the dog walking yeah. away from the, the kennel in the back of the truck. So her sacrifice wasn't in vain. She did in her last moment. Six. She got to see that she saved an animal. Yeah. Right. Right, right. So... Which is a big part of her character. I mean, she works at a pet shop and, you know, yeah. during, like... That- care for the animals and stuff yeah that's what she was going for
0: so then i i think the next do we see them back at the apartment complex like they're
1: kawasaki and i think yeah i'm trying to remember i think what happens is sheena goes back to school and he needs Mm -hmm. to find out which textbook um he needs a textbook and he doesn't know if he bought it already so he calls kawasaki on his phone and he asks kawasaki can you go check in my apartment and see if i have this textbook or not so i don't have to buy a double and so kawasaki goes in and he's like you don't have any textbooks and he's like what and so they come back and there's a bit of a mystery like who stole his textbooks right like his textbooks are gone yeah, And so, um, it's not long after that you learn that it's actually, oh, I think after that it's just the Kawasaki. We find out Kawasaki is the one that stole those textbooks, hmm. right? And hmm. then we get the reveal that Kawasaki can't, you can't read Japanese. Yes, he cannot. <laughs> yeah. And it starts getting
0: like, huh? Like a ha huh moment. Yeah. And Ka- Kawasaki comes clean. And then we get another big
1: storytelling moment. Yeah. Uh, this is like the big uh,
0: twist of the movie.
1: Yeah. And it's like the last third of the movie. And it's, it's a pretty big, like, flashback scene where it goes through all the scenes that we saw before, but puts them all in new perspective. Yeah. Puts them all in order in a new perspective. And mm-hmm. we learn that uh, Kawasaki, the character we've known as Kawasaki, isn't actually Kawasaki, he's the Bhutanese. Uh, foreigner, known yes. as Dorji. Dorji. Yes. yes. So like, it, and it all makes sense.
0: Again, it's like one where you go back and watch it because the guy uh, that Sheena thought was the Bhutanese guy, he'd always go speak really slowly with him and stuff, and he's he's like, what are you? He'd give him crazy looks, you know. Yeah. He, he was ja- Japanese, you know. Uh, so he got confused with the neighbor's neighbor part. That. I guess he was just looking at only his neighbor, not the other one over. Um, and so, yeah, this random, you know, Japanese neighbor he thought was Bhutanese this whole time. So he got it confused. He got it twisted.
1: Yeah. So Kawasaki's been playing him this whole time. And you're yes, like, yeah, oh, yes. whoa, why? Yeah. yeah. Why lie about all of it?
0: Um, so, yeah, like Matt said, we go back and we see it all from his perspective. And now, now the actors are switched. Mm-hmm. So this other guy's playing Kawasaki and he has the same jacket that Kawasaki's been wearing, the same hairstyle and same goatee, same goatee. Yep. The Kawasaki that we knew before now Dorji is really derpy looking, you know, clean cut got di- got a different <laughs> yeah. haircut. Yeah. Totally nerdy, much more like Shina, yeah, you know, kind of similar guy to Shina and we kind of see him becoming, we see Dorji becoming Kawasaki. Yeah. Through these stories him getting yeah. a little more confident, him learning Japanese, him getting with, uh, Kotomi.
1: Yes. They, they start, uh, kind of falling for each other. And, uh, I'm assuming, I'm assuming they had a relationship when, um, Kotomi says, oh, let's not let God, uh, see your mistakes. And she puts the CD Bob away and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bob Dylan away <laughs> in a cover, you know? I mean, yeah. it's kind of suggests that they had a relationship, you know, an intimate relationship. And, yeah. um, yeah, you could tell that that's where the love triangle came from, and already Katomi had already broken up with the the OG Kawasaki, the original Kawasaki, mm-hmm. and um, uh, yeah, it's all kind of about their their love triangle and how they not only did Dorji become good friends with Kawasaki, but he also was there when Kawasaki ultimately, you know, dies of his sickness. Yeah, when they're driving, driving him yeah so the, the the yeah when when he dies that's an important scene because they're going back to the bookstore to uh cuz Kawasaki the original Kawasaki learns that one of the mamers works at that bookstore that uh Dorji and um Shina ha- had robbed at the beginning yeah we learn a bit
0: more, you know it's not just about stealing a book and that we get to see the scene you know, yeah. all over again now with how important it was. You know, this is the guy who murderedstomi one one of them um and uh yeah, they learned through a newspaper that he was at a rally they saw, so they go there you know to rob it uh to get give payback. so some of the flashback scenes we see of this guy tied up with the knife through his leg. You kind of learn where where those came from or how they happened which is uh they kidnapped him
1: yeah they were they were Ka- going kawasaki. to they were going to kill kidnap him but the og uh before that the og kawasaki dies you know he dies of his sickness yes. before they were able to do the to get catch the guy and and yeah. get the revenge uh because so, they both wanted to get revenge for katomi's death
0: we kind of learned that the you know Dorji, masked as kawasaki you know guy from at the beginning of the movie he's just become kawasaki so not only living out this bookstore murder with sheena but also like saying so matt said there's like a tape recorder and he would say i'm assuming these would be like famous idioms in japanese or something or maybe they're just Kawasakiisms." yeah he says like they're almost like riddles um but when we meet uh, at the beginning of the movie Kawasaki, you know, he's always just kind of saying these random things to Sheena, and yeah. they feel really strange. And now about, we learn
1: about this woman and this man that find a kitten in the rain, yeah. and then they bring the ki- The man goes out and brings the kitten inside, and then uh, the woman says, "That's not what I wanted. I wanted the wet, sad kitten. I didn't want yeah. the the dried off, you know, like happy kitten." So, so
0: these are important for two reasons. One is that they're just kind of like. It's not, again, idioms or tongue twisters. That if any foreigner can say them well, then you'd master the language. Mm-hmm. So he's saying them for that. But I think also um, to keep original Kawasaki alive, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: again, he starts wearing his clothes. He gets his jacket. He gets his hairstyle. He's got his sayings. So he's, like, yeah, embodying this person. He becomes he's, him. He yeah. becomes him, yeah, yeah. So I really think it's this part of the movie that puts it to, like, another echelon of... Yeah, you know, the, the first parts of the movie are good in their own way, but it's like a typical, you know, I'd get it, you know, 8 out of 10 or something like, oh, this is kind of good quirky, you know, Japanese slice of life movie. Yeah. But it's really rare to have like a really kind of masterful story and it actually makes sense and it's not like a gimmick, you know. Yeah. There's no flaw for me really in in the story like it No, ties the only, off all the loose ends and
1: the only thing that bugs me a little is the Dorji recording in the doctor's mm. office oh, right, i mean that right. seems a little that seems a little convenient but yeah, other than definitely. that like i think yeah this, this is a, yeah it's really well done and um yeah it's just such a surprise and it really puts a lot of things in perspective so a lot of questions you have at the beginning you know it's like oh okay now i see why how this all pieces together that's right um and then uh i think we forgot to mention that she uh sheena was in potentially going home to back to Tokyo because, uh, yeah. his, his father, uh, got, uh, stomach exactly. cancer so, mm-hmm. and his father was a shoemaker. And I guess there's always this threat that, uh, Sheena would become a shoemaker like his father. And he kind of, you could tell he, that's not exactly his dream.
0: Sheena kind of seems like a jerk in those moments. Like they're spotted throughout the movie a bit. I'd say like halfway through is when we start to, he he's kind of being, being selfish, right? <laughs> right but for me this is another one of the parts of the movie that is maybe a personal thing but it was like totally relatable that my first year or two at university I was just out meeting real people in the world doing real stuff and yeah I, I didn't really make time for my family you know the needs of my my parents and brother and sister and stuff mm-hmm. I, they would call and I was like I never call them back and so I could kind of relate that yeah your dad's sick and their parents are telling you to come home mm-hmm. but you're not wanting to do it Uh yeah, I, I could understand him. Well, I think maybe if you didn't have that experience in that sense, Sheena might not seem like the, the greatest son. But he does eventually, at the very end of the movie, he does go back to his parents. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and what Dorgy. We're, we're not, getting towards the very end, right? So So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we should just end it, I guess, the, with the synopsis and then just give our last impressions. But, um, yeah, anything... What what part do we end off at? <laughs> we the, they got the guy, they kidnapped him from the bookstore. That's right. Yeah. And yeah, they tied him up. And then you you learn they have this discussion. And um, uh, Doriji, uh Kawasaki too. I guess it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without you know calling him Kawasaki, right? The main yeah. main guy. Uh, he says that he was intending on murdering the guy like he Mm -hmm. honestly had the intention to murder him you know i mean he became kawasaki to do this to see this through right Mm. and um and Rico and and sheena are kind of like nah man we there's reasons why you wouldn't have to you know it's reasonable that you didn't do it just to kill this guy right he's like no no i intended on killing him yeah, and yeah. then Re- reiko is like y- you're gonna have to turn yourself in and yeah. he was like so destiny probably yeah, yeah probably <laughs> yeah. that's a reoccurring yeah. uh joke through the movie but yeah yeah um, yeah. yeah and at the end uh they, uh Shina gets a call and he has to go back home and he mm-hmm. decides that he's leaving. And Kawasaki says, well, when are you coming back? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And he's like, are you going to go to become a shoemaker? And he's like, uh, we'll see. You know. It almost feels like there's no cell
0: phone or anything. Like, it's not, the movie's not that old. But... I they have might... cell phones. Right. But it, it feels like kawasaki's like i'm the way to contact you i'm never gonna see you. like we're never gonna see each other again or like hear from each other again do did, did mm-hmm. you get that feeling that he really felt that way
1: yeah i mean i think he made a big connection with this guy right and he mm-hmm. didn't have anybody else you know like his two best friends had, had died you know kawasaki and uh kotomi had a passed, pass so right he was kind of alone he had reiko That's... i guess but reiko doesn't is not the most emotional <laughs> you know person i guess yeah
0: it feels definitely sad for him like this movie like he um ain't he gets and makes a close bond with you know if they die or they leave and it definitely yeah. kind of ends on the sad sad point I, for Kawasaki
1: as a foreigner like i mean you, you kind of understand that like if if something bad happens or if your good close friends are gone mm. or they they move or whatever you're mm-hmm. kind of left alone. I, I know it happens a lot to to teachers that work out here, you know, like your good friends leave and then they go back to their home countries and you're just like left alone and, and they don't mm-hmm. want to stay. <laughs> they don't want to stay anymore. That's uh, kind of a common theme A common okay. thing that happens.
0: This is, this was a book by the way,
1: like the, it's a movie adaptation
0: of a book. Oh really? Oh, yeah. okay. So I wanted to see, um, maybe the book was older before cell phones, you know, mm-hmm. but it, it was came out in two thousand and three. The book. Oh, okay. So phones were around in Japan. They were a little ahead of us then. So uh, yeah, maybe not everyone had a phone. Anyway, uh, yeah. So it is. It is based on a book. So if you can read Japanese, I'd be go very, find it. Cu- I'd be very curious to hear how the book compares to the movie. Yeah, a
1: review would be great. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that was interesting. But I, I think. I think the movie's setting up that ultimately they probably are not gonna see each other again, right, and they both yeah. kind of know it you know uh Kawasaki too uh is probably going to prison, mm. and um Sheena's probably gonna go home and spend time with his family, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's gonna get all of his stuff or who knows they don't really they don't really say, but um Sheena thinks of a last thing that he can do for for him and his friends and that's um play bob dylan on a cd player yes that he's been looking for the whole time it's like lost in his luggage he's calling his parents
0: like where's my cd player
1: yeah Yeah. and he finds it and he he plays the song um blown in the wind he locks it in a shoe locker and lets the song play and he says you know the, the same thing that kotomi said which was you know let god Lock God away, and so he doesn't see, you know. And then Man. he finally,
0: as he gets on the Shinkansen, he gets his Yutan. His beef oh, yeah, tongue. the beef, beef tongue. tongue which, it's kind
1: of like a joke that's it's like goes Sindai throughout, yeah. Like
0: the regional food in Sendai. So, like, when he moves yeah. there, he's always trying to like order it. He's like, I'm with oh, the Sendai, I gotta get beef tongue, and no one ever has it. It's like sold out. So, he finally gets it just as he's leaving
1: this <laughs> forever, yeah. it seems. Uh, yeah, but it's quite a quite a touching scene to see those two separate and have the mu- music play. And, you know, the music, the Bob Dylan song, you know, it, it does, it's kind of an earworm. It's a sadder Bob Dylan song, you know. It will get, it, 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 I get emotional at the end of this movie, you know, every time I watch it.
0: I can't stand Bob Dylan, but this song, I like it. And I think it's the movie that, like, sold me on it. Um, by the end of the movie, I'm always like, oh, this is the song, I like it. But yeah the, yeah, the back third of the movie is is quite emotional. It's very surprising.
1: Yeah. It kind of a. Yeah, it's not as funny as like the rest of the like the first kind of half has like a lot of joking and stuff going on, but the, the second half is like really it gets pretty dark. Um dramatic, I would say. I don't know if it gets yeah, real it's dark. dark. It's, it's just, just dark. dramatic, yeah. yeah. And
0: um I think it's a uh, I think it's like saying a lot about life and stuff too. So it's not only dramatic, but it's just it gets deep. It's a deep movie
1: yeah and i think um you know you you just mentioned you're not the biggest bob dylan fan you probably don't like his singing voice and and um you know and probably not that big into the folk music but a lot of people that are are big fans of bob dylan usually say that that's not like what's great about bob dylan it's the songwriting it's the storytelling it's the yeah it's the emotion that's put into the music so i think that this movie does a good job of actually highlighting that and Bob Dylan's work, you know, it gives me appreciation. It makes me kind of like want to, you know, check out some more Bob Dylan stuff, even though I've never been a big fan. Yeah. But like I said, this is the only song that I can stand, and it's probably just because of the movie. So, might be the only song we listen to. Yes. (laughs) Ever. But anyway, you could have have one favorite
0: Bob Dylan song. That's that's all right. If you made it this far, thank you. It's a real, I don't know if we did the movie justice. It's a really complicated storyline, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Both with names. As we were going changing, through the podcast, and... I was
1: like, man, this one's going to be a tough one to <laughs>
0: to go through. Yeah. Yeah. But go watch the movie. or may- Hopefully you already watched it if you listen cool. to this. And, uh, yeah, it's it's awesome. It gets better with required
1: with more views. So if this is your first time watching it, uh, go and rewatch it. Yeah. I, I know we said in the beginning it's kind of not like really a slice of life movie. But mm-hmm. I will say that... Um, uh, the styles, the fashions, the Nokia phones, you know, all that stuff is really interesting to see. Like, it has, like, a, a look to it that, you know, I, I always think, like, oh, yeah, I could see the 80s movies. And I see, like, 80s fashion and clothing and all that stuff. And this movie feels very 90s to me, even though it's, like, in, in the early 2000s or, the, or, I guess, the late 2000s, right? That's interesting. I don't you know what say, was filmed. Say that. Like, I'm not...
0: I'm thinking about things that I've seen before living here, and then I've gone back and watched now, and it hasn't been that often. Mm-hmm. So, so this has been like a rare case, but like for me, I thought, man, it looks like Japan now. So, like for example, <laughs> my school campus has like the 17 ice cream machine, vending machine. Yeah, yeah, the exact same machine is like in the movie. Like the logo, nothing's different about it. I was just thinking like the way the Shinkansen looks, they haven't really updated the, the train model or if they had it, they've kept it the same. Like the family Mart signs and logos are all, all the same. Like a lot of countries, you know, every five, six years companies update their logos or shop signs. And yeah, I just felt, man, that looks exactly like, like the camera, you know, the quality is not quite the same, but yeah, if yeah. you were to, if you were to go f- film that movie with an iPhone or something, I feel like, and Japan does not change quickly. <laughs> that's that's what
1: I felt. Yeah, yeah, I could see that too. I guess for me it was mostly the the fashions and stuff, yeah. but um and, yeah, the, and col- it has, the clothes are different. It has a quality and you're right. It's probably partially the film quality yeah. that uh kind of gives it that. And then the phones, you know, were were pretty funny, like the seeing the little Nokia or whatever whatever kind of phones that they had, the little blackberries and stuff. I haven't seen those in years, so you know, yeah, for me too, it's always interesting, like when you speak a little
0: more of the language, too, right? So, again, the last mm-hmm. time I saw that movie, I knew no Japanese at all or anything. Um, yeah, it's just really cool, you know, to be able to understand a little bit. I watched the first 30 minutes of the movie without subtitles because I just didn't have the file. And Then I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to get the file, uh, but <laughs> it, it was really a great experience to like, I guess, because I kind of know the movie too, like to be able to like kind of know what's going on and know a lot of the cultural cues um yeah it was it's a good good experience
1: some of the context is um it changes as you've lived here right like Mm -hmm. so i think there were a lot of things that i saw this time and i was like oh yeah that makes more sense now or uh, Mm -hmm. you know i'm getting a little more out of this that scene, that scene where he moves the sake glass and Sheena has to take off his uh, shoes to to get get the sake. That that part really cracked me up this time because <laughs> I know how much people won't go into an apartment, you know, yeah. taking off their shoes, you know, and mm. how badly he didn't want to be in that apartment. <laughs> well, anyway, I think
0: we've gone long, but uh, yeah, it's such a good movie. Go watch it uh it's hard to find it's on if you have like a vpn and you can speak japanese uh you can watch it's on on japanese it's on japanese netflix but there's no subtitles um so yeah we i had an old back when i've had this movie the file for like 10 15 years back when torrenting was a big deal yeah old, old usb and that's how we had it still so I don't do that stuff anymore, but I used to, and I, I had the file from all the way back then.
1: So uh, I, that's how I had it too. I wasn't even sure if I had it and I looked it up and I was like, yeah, you know, I think I have that somewhere if David gave it to me. Cause I remember yeah. you gave me that in uh, Korea, I believe. Yeah. I was, that's where we I was watched like, it together.
0: God, I was like, you gotta see this movie. But, um, yeah. I was probably on like, um, if you're just rent it, you know, on iTunes or something for four or five bucks, I bet it's on there.
1: Yeah. You, you might be able to find it somewhere. I think it's something worth checking out you know it might be on youtube i don't know did you check it's worth buying it's a movie worth buying
0: because again you're going to get at least 2-3 views out of it
1: yeah i um, think it's probably it's obviously from looking on the internet it's underrated like it's something that definitely should get a lot more love because i mean it's a really cool movie mm. and um yeah and like you said it's it's kind of timeless you know like the the themes and the the story it's it's one of those movies that could stand the test of time that's right yeah so i hope we watch uh
0: again same director does one called fish story and uh sheena's in that one as well mm-hmm. it's, it's about music it's about like a it's cassette like punk,
1: tape, punk rock or something like that right
0: yeah i know very little but there's a trailer and it's about this listen to a cassette tape in a car or something like that so mm. it speaks to me yeah i think like a road trip kind of uh mixtape things uh sounds great yeah we so gotta do it, it. <laughs> Yep. Yeah. So uh, go out, check us out on social media. I don't think we'll have too much to post for this one. Um, but The poster,
1: you... I guess, if we find a poster.
0: Right. But during the Nara, Nara one, I made a little story, an Instagram story with like 20, 30 Nara photos that we're getting a lot of good response from. So uh, if you haven't checked that out and you listen to our Nara episode, go ahead and look at that and uh nara
1: is getting all the love man we didn't yeah, realize we got of, like people people loving nara. Got a lot
0: of people writing us based on that nara episode so yeah. um i think it's just the first that's kind of like an old style japan 2.0 episode right and this term old style during the pandemic we don't get yeah. to go out and go on like little trips and reviews of areas so nah. i think yeah I mean, we know that's probably our, our best content it's just uh difficult for us to do now so that was kind of a rare chance of getting out
1: yeah, we just are waiting for our jabs, you know. Come on Japan. Come on Suga. Let's do yeah,
0: it. 1%. Tokyo,
1: Tokyo Olympics are coming. <laughs> Let's <That's hurry>. right.
0: <laughs> But uh we Matt and I are just shooting some ideas. We'll get to you eventually. Matt moved to a new neighborhood, so we'd like to do yeah. like kind of like a neighborhood review. We've done a bunch of different parts of Kobe and um Osaka in the past. We've done like uh Namba and since uh can't remember the names it's been so long. Uh, mm-hmm. and Kobe, we've done Suma, we've done uh, Motomachi. Yeah. So we're talking about doing a, a rare area. I won't say quite w- rare yet. Um, in Osaka where Matt lives now. And then, uh, yeah, downtown Kobe is kind of up and coming right now. So I thought we'd do like a, a Kobe 2.0 and talk about Kobe once things calm down a bit, but I've not even been out to Matt's new place. You've been out there about two months now, month and a half
1: yeah it's hard to say my my life's been a blur in <laughs> the last couple of months, so uh but yeah, I think we've been here about almost two months, yeah, yeah. or almost yeah. a full- full month and a half, i guess I don't know, yeah, we used to be an hour and a half apart by train, and now we're only like forty
0: forty minutes apart, so that that should be awesome, but yeah I'm, we've not even been able to see yeah each other. right
1: now, right now, thanks pandemic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: anyway, um yeah, enjoy Bob Dylan uh. Lauren in the
1: Wind. I believe that's the name. If it's not, <laughs> uh, Bob Dylan fans, come come Richard. at me.
0: This is, we're always bad with names. This is probably our all time worst. Uh, with names <laughs> Find this me episode. on the n-
1: internet. Come at me. Uh, I'm yeah. ready. I'll take come you else. on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks
0: for listening and I uh, look forward to more uh, content in the future. See ya. Until next
1: time. Peace. Bye bye. How many times must time Before they're forever banned The answer, my friend, is going in